Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. It's going to be fun. It's always fun. <laughs> Right, corner to corner is live in five, four, three. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of That's Right, It's Corner to Corner Time. My name is Stan Grubb. I'm joined by my tag team partners, Rob Hefner. Well, it's not Memorex, it's live. And, of course, Brian Taylor. Hey, what's up? What's up? What's, what's happening? Up? What's up? What's up? All right, that's just weird. Don't make it weird, Rob. Hey, who thought that would be the best creative of 2021, right? What's up? Well, that's, uh, that's going to do it for the show. Everybody have a great night. What just happened? <laughs> Uh, That's why I'm not allowed on the show often, people. (laughs) You all think I'm not on here because I choose not to be. It's because Stan doesn't allow me to be on. That's not true. I'm I'm not in charge of anything. I don't know what you're talking about. I just show up here, start the recording. Uh, Let's go, guys. You always say you're in charge of the ones and twos. Well, who handles the threes and fours? That's what I want to know. Wow. Okay, thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Well, that's just like, like whatever happened to the 10th doctor. You know, 9 out of 10 doctors recommend. Why Why has it? Why is the other one always a holdout? Maybe he's waiting for a better deal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what can you say about this past week in professional wrestling except to say, what in the hell is happening in Stamford, Connecticut? I only ask this because, yet again, here we are, and 18, 18 more people have been released from World Wrestling Entertainment, including former NXT champion and NXT North American champion, Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, two-time NXT champion there. Now, granted, with Mr. Cross, you know, he had been given the demolition gimmick, but... Before that point, I mean, just a great showing for himself at NXT, a great presentation, and they basically cut the legs out. They cut Scarlett Bedreau, Mia Yim, 
again, a couple of these people that hadn't really been utilized. But here's a shocker in Nia Jax. Now, we are not exactly huge Nia Jax fans. However, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord's touch I mean, this is a huge name in your company, at least. And she's gone. It's it's astounding to me that WWE continues to just wield a very uneven blade when it comes to who they cut and why. I mean, to me, Karrion Cross and Keith Lee were the shockers. I mean, Scarlett and Mia Yim both had not even achieved their potential. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but a few of them, it was like, I kind of was like, um, didn't even know who they were when, you know, like there's some that went through the press release. I'm like, I don't know who you are. Um, right. But I honestly, at this point, it's kind of like a where's Waldo game. You know, you're kind of like, where's creative? Oh, we don't know. Um, Who's making sense? Oh, we don't know. Um, it's like I said, like before we went on air, like if you noticed also in the thing, they said that they also let go of the CFO mm-hmm. who had helped Khan make all these decisions before. And now they done got themselves kicked out of a job, you know, and Vince and Khan are consolidating power. You know, at this point, I think... Vince has Alzheimer's, and he thinks Khan is Tony Khan, and he's just totally Khan. <laughs> it feels like he has uh, suckered the whole wrestling world, and wait till they get a load of this guy. Yeah. You know, it's like he's got the other Diesel and other Razor. You know, he's got the other Khan. <laughs> Boo! Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what do you make of these releases, man? I mean, it's a bloodletting again. Again, I think there's a sale coming. <clears throat> there's no rhyme, no reason. Makes no sense. It's typical WWE. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those situations where I don't even know how to break down the the craziness that we're witnessing right now. I mean, it's interesting in some aspects because not since WCW's final months have we seen a company just seemingly self-destruct and in this situation i mean rob to your point not to not to speculate on the health of a person but you have to wonder about the 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 mental faculties that that vince has in play right now because all of these people that are getting released half of them being known known talents that i don't know one where the idea for we're gonna put you under a mask carrying cross because that's that's what you need um we're going to take away your manager to we're going to take away the entrance which was a big part of your presentation and um oh yeah you're going to lose your very first night debuting on the main roster when by the way you're nxt champion hope you don't mind good luck to you pal there's that part there's the Mia Yim, the other half of Keith Lee and when i said by that i only say that we only know that because we won't put her on television so we don't get another re- actual presentation of Mia Yim. We just get the Instagram photos that they post that I, I'm sure they have to sneak past the WWE social media team. 
you know, we get another person in the in the form of Nia Jax where yeah, I mean, she had there'd been some issues. You know, that fight with her and Charlotte wasn't just Charlotte's fault. You know, Charlotte was probably 50% to blame there. These issues that are happening, these are happening because there's frustration, there's anger, and apparently, not to break uh, rule number one, but apparently some of the releases were because of vaccination status, which to me seems like very, very much a slippery slope. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, without going there, um, I don't think any of us are sad to see Nia Jax go. I mean, are we shocked that somebody in the Rocks family got fired? Yes. Um, but um, I just, like Brian said, you know, it's kind of, and we've all said, it's just no one, I feel like no one's steering the ship. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like no one really is looking down the road. They're kind of like, all right, well, here's, here's, because the groups are so random. You know, it's not like, it's not like in the past where they cut, 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 get rid of people and be like, you're like, oh, damn, I forgot they, you know, it's about, you know, yeah, that makes sense because they've been gone forever, you know? Like when they cut even Marie the first time, you know, you're like, yes. And then they cut her again, thank God. Um, you know, it's, but now, Every week, what they do is doesn't make sense. The shows are on autopilot. I mean, I go back to my argument I said a few years ago. It feels like it feels like Vince lost his briefcase, his new one, and found his old one that has all the booking sheets from back in the day. Mm-hmm. And he's just replacing Ricky Steamboat with and Randy Savage with, you know. Sean, Seth Rollins, and whoever. It just makes no sense what they're doing. I agree. Like, I've been a WWE fan from way back, you know, but I grew up liking all wrestling. And I've said from jump when AEW came on, and everybody's like, oh, you know, that we should all, you know, just enjoy wrestling because that's what it's about, you know? But even I'm getting to the point where, you know what? What's that old song? This shit's bananas. (laughs) (laughs) Wednesday night's a great night for fighting, if you ask me. (laughs) I mean, at least least AEW, with what they're doing presentation-wise, the stories are cohesive, the talent is top-notch, and, hey, rub-a-dub-dub, we all get budge in a tub. I mean, you don't get any better than that. And it's just, you would think a company like the E, the machine, right? You would think that over the years, they've learned how to play the game. They've learned how to, you know, keep control, shall we say. But I think either, I think Brian said it last week, or maybe you did, that it's been 20 years since they've had competition. Mm -hmm. You know, I truly believe in that time, they have forgotten what it's like to have to compete. They're used to just doing what they want to do, and people tuned in because that's all had people had to, 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 to turn in, you know. And um, it's just now is not the case. It you have a different generation of wrestling fan that 
You know, we want to see wrestling. We don't want to see 45 minutes of interview and we don't want to thank some no name or unknown talent for music and have these vignettes that don't do anything. You know, when you turn into AEW, there's a, there's a purpose for every promo, you know, they don't rehash the same crap over and over again. Now, we'll say last couple of pay-per-views, they've started to do the WWE thing of like, hey, let's see why we're coming, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not as bad. I feel like when, right now, with what we're seeing on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Mondays and Tuesdays, depending on if you're watching Dark and Dark Elevation, um, to your point, there's an explanation behind what's happening. There is an understanding of this is what we're going to. This is where we came from. Um, You know, with the Dark Order, for example, we got to watch as that group was pieced together and made fun of to now it's the most lovable bunch of unfortunate guys that lose um, that's on television. And, you know, I, I made the joke earlier about Budge, but... Part of being the elite, which is now officially, I would say, part of AEW's canon and their storytelling. Um, part of BTE, the part original. of the, yeah, I mean that's it's it's one of those things that has helped to mold and embrace just all the different creative pieces for these different players. Whereas WWE, and and again, it comes back to the question of are, are they just to the size where they can't get out of their own way? I think what we're seeing right now, I just thought about it, and I could be totally wrong. But, and obviously I wasn't, I mean, I was young at the time, so I wasn't a big in the know or whatever, and obviously back then we didn't have a whole lot of information anyway. But when Vince came in and the territory started dying out, right? Mm-hmm. And Vince kind of just came in, and the territories tried to do whatever they did, and it just... I feel like we're seeing that again, but instead of the territories, it's the style of wrestling and the wrestling that we're seeing. Like, I feel like Vince and the WWE are now the territories that are struggle that are kind of just there, you know, and the AEW is now what WWE used to be kind of coming in, being the new thing. People are like, Ooh, look at this, you know, and it's just a matter of time before something happens mm-hmm. um, in my opinion I, I could be totally wrong I've been wrong before I've been wrong a lot yeah, there's just so much so much to delve through when you really look at the, the program I know Brian you've been disconnected pretty much from WWE for what almost a year longer than that yeah pretty much since 19 since AEW started mm. I think Brian probably longer than SummerSlam '92. <laughs> well, I mean, but everybody has their preferences. Everybody has what they like, what they dislike. That there's no doubt about that. That's not a question. It's just more along the lines of you know, here's a, a group of three guys where you know we've been watching wrestling since we were me. I was eight. Brian, I think you said you were younger. Rob, I think you said you were younger when you started. Um, but basically, from early childhood. To now, and we've seen every iteration, every change that you can imagine 
under the sun. I mean, it, wrestling is a very cyclical business. We know that. But this is unheard of. Like, what we're seeing with a company this size, and maybe it's... Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Even more magnified because of the fact that they're so big. But this is going to be a, a very tough crash that they're going to have. And I, I'm, Brian, you said it before we went on the air. Uh, it's got to be headed towards a sale. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, so now you're, <clears throat> next year we're dropping the pay-per-views to eight. Mm-hmm. So that's one every month and a half or something like that. <clears throat> so, you know, again, you've trimmed office personnel. You've got rid of, like, I don't know, 200 wrestlers and employees. You know, now you're dropping your pay-per-views. Um, I mean, it's... It, to me, it looks like a sale. Looks like you're just trying to trim off as much as possible so that you can get the biggest bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I don't blame them because we're probably talking billions. Sure. But, I mean, the, the, the average person has to realize that he doesn't care about you. That's why you keep getting BS bullcrap sports entertainment mm-hmm. and you know I, I that's I can't do it I, honestly I can't I can't watch it so it's absolutely crazy I mean there's a lot of uh, a lot of been a lot of speculation that's been happening over the course of at least the past year since they're really the ridiculous amount of releases that happened in the midst of the pandemic really literally in the middle um you start hearing and seeing all of these different things you start reading all these different stories and you come to find out that it's it's more of hey we've got to find a way to position ourselves to be what a lot of companies would call financially solvent which means the ability to manage manage their money really well, but it's also the kind of conversation that happens when companies are getting ready to get bought. Now, Stephanie Stephanie McMahon in the last quarterly call compared WWE talent to Marvel superheroes, basically stating that they all have these larger-than-life, grandiose personas and all of that. I contend that, you know, while you may want to dress up your 
your talent uh, any way you like, there hasn't been a lower time for the talent development in WWE since maybe 94 when we had T.L. Hopper in the freaking goon. So I don't know that I would want to go out there touting my superstars right now as Marvel superheroes. Well, you know, but it's it's interesting that she uses Marvel. Mm-hmm. Tied into Disney. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Disney is rumored, right, to be looking. So, um, but I mean, Hulk, you know, Hulk Hogan was a Marvel superhero. Yep. Right. That's Stone Cold, The Rock, John Cena, Randy Savage, Andre the Giant. You know. There is nobody on their roster that even comes close right now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just more pomp and circumstance that the WWE preaches. Or, Much like the Roman Reigns t-shirt thing. Yeah. Tell us about it. No, you were going to say something, say No. I was just going to make a comment of maybe I wonder if the Marvel superhero comment could have been made of our talent or Marvel superheroes and our personas, which could easily be replaced, you know, Oof. because Marvel superheroes like think about it after a while, they repackage them and make them something different, you know. But I agree with Brian. There is not a Marvel super. There hasn't been a Marvel superhero in the WWE for a long time. And I, I mean, there's a lot of people that would say that you know maybe John Cena or Brock Lesnar would be there. But I think we would all agree that both of those guys are part-time performers, and and you could hardly consider them part of today's roster. Right. Right now, they have a bunch of mystery men. The Spleen. <laughs> not the spleen everybody likes the spleen you see my superpowers oh my no dear. dear god <laughs> the coal miner You're like that's where we're at yeah know? yeah I, I feel like it's um <laughs> like like an invincible it's the 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 group of superheroes is just about to get decapitated by uh, <laughs> omni man or whatever the hell his name was Brian, you made a comment about the t-shirt, so let's get just right into it. WWE Fun Zone, a group on Facebook, um, posted a news bite that says, Roman Reigns breaks all-time WWE merchandise sales record for heel wrestlers, has reached John Cena's level. And then underneath here it says, he has been the number one WWE merch seller for many years now. It's awfully vague there, and awfully specific in the category they're choosing. Uh... I don't know. I mean, yes, Roman's on a on a rise, but all time, all time. Mm. So, Rob, Austin three sixteen, right? Remember that T shirt? Yeah. Plain. Do you think Austin was a heel at that time? He was. Right. I mean, he was straight heel. There was no in between. He was healed. I mean, it, that like, shirt alone has sold over ten million. Ten million. 
Remember when you walk around the mall? How many you see? How many versions would they bring out? Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm talking just the, the 316 shirt, the original, right? Before the skulls and all that crazy. You can still buy it in the yeah. stores. I think they it's, sell it at a Hot Topic or something. Yeah. You know, like 10 million plus. Oh, but Roman has eclipsed 10 million. When the only guy I know with a Roman Reigns shirt or the outside of a, an arena that I've seen is the one Stan wears. I've got two Roman Reigns shirts. One's a shield shirt, and one is the one that I got for five bucks that, if you guys remember, you can't even see any of the logo on it anymore. Well, that's because you stressed it. I mean, you know, hey, I'm a big guy, but whatever. The shield shield shouldn't count. Yeah, The shield shouldn't count. Okay. All right. But you think about it, and, I mean, it goes to... It honestly goes to, you can skew the numbers to whatever, but it's just bullshit, mm-hmm. honestly. Because you can't tell me that all the Cena shirts, the Austin shirts, held the DX shirts. Mm-hmm. When DX was big. They were here. NWO. It's like, no, there's no way in hell anybody's buying Roman Reigns shirt except Roman Reigns. And, I mean, it's just, they're full of it. I feel like when it comes to the way this this headline reads, it, it's almost like, and we've talked about it before, uh, Brian, you know, when you go into Excel spreadsheets, you can make that number twist and tweak any way you want. You can turn it into however you'd like it to, to, to review or to read. I mean, I think if, if they do the demographics and the Excel spreadsheet is, you know, 18 to 24 lives in mom's basement and mom buys him a Christmas present. Mm-hmm. Yes, Roman Reigns has the highest selling T-shirts, <laughs> you know, but wrestling fans that have a brain or maybe it's maybe it's they're counting all the Roman because Roman Reigns was what twice mm-hmm. the slam I know he was at least once. Yeah. He was at least once. Right. So you're telling me, all right, you know, are you counting all those numbers of the ones you give away? I mean, are we talking about the ones that they throw in the crowd? Like, (laughs) well, I mean, in 2016, um, there's an article here from Sports Kita that says, number one merchandise mover of all time in WWE. 2016, by the way, Roman Reigns was solo. Uh, John Cena was at the top of that sales list. Number two, Steve Austin. Number three, The Rock. Number four, Hulk Hogan. And number five, DX. Right, and you're not, and there's no way in hell Roman Reigns is surpassing those four, those people. Right. And the other interesting thing to me about that article is if you go back and read the article, it says that he's the number one highest heel ever and has eclipsed John Cena. John Cena. Okay, so, yeah, well, well, not only that, but now you're talking two different things, right? Mm-hmm. So not only has he eclipsed all the other heels, but he has now eclipsed the biggest baby face, according to what 
you're reading in 2016 mm-hmm. as far as your faces. So then why not just come out and say he's the he's the highest grossing t-shirt seller or whatever of all times. But no, you label, you say heel. Mm-hmm. That's Austin. Austin's first shirt sold over $10 million. Right. And then he was making like a million dollars in t-shirt sales or the WWE or whatever off of Austin shirts alone during his run. So if Cena eclipses Austin at a million, you know, a million sales a month, then he has to be putting in some work. Right. Right. And then just like Rob's point in five years, you've eclipsed the X Hogan, Austin, Cena, and who's the last one I'm missing? Uh, <clears throat> Hogan, Austin, The Rock, DX, oh, Cena. The Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? And, and and you've only been over for a year? Mm-hmm. Since you came back? Oh, okay. So a year's time, you, you've sold more T-shirts, yet they can't be found on, by, by anybody on the street. Tell me another. I mean, like, the only thing that I would say the article is truthful about is if you look, like, as, and and I will admit, I don't watch a whole lot of WWE programming, but um, it used to, like, three years ago, every wrestler had a shirt, you know? Every wrestler would come out with some kind of logoed shirt, and you'd mm-hmm. be like, "All right, that's a cool shirt." I don't see anybody with shirts except Roman Reigns. I mean, even Kevin Owens has shirts, but you don't see it very often. Well, I mean, the no. same can be said for Lashley, Rey Mysterio, Seth Rollins. Um... Right. I mean, look, Cesaro. Like, I'm I'm fast forwarding through SmackDown. Right. And Cesaro always had shirts. Shinsuke. Neither one of them have shirts. Right. They're wearing vests. It's like, of course, if you skew the numbers in a way, well, well, we're not going to sell anybody else's shirts. You know? Brian, I'd love to read this article more in depth. Um, If you can, I know that you sent us the image, but if you ever find that link, send it over. I can't read that article because I don't read idiot. (laughs) All right. That's a fair statement. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just interesting because... This is a, I would assume it's just a WWE fan page from the looks of it. But, I mean, how can you just get it that wrong? And apparently they have an app. Congratulations, they got an app. (laughs) Again, in in true typical bobblehead fashion. Yes, he said it. I need to ring a bell every time he says it. The the, the bobbleheaded fan takes it at face value. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've said it before. They don't know their wrestling history, and they don't know anything outside the WWE. So why wouldn't you believe the dribble for fact? Right, right. I mean, again, here's Drew McIntyre coming to the ring in a kilt with a sword, but no T-shirt. You can't tell me they couldn't think of some cool shirt to go with this gigantic sword that looks so stupid to come out every week. I said it a long time ago, I'll say it again now. Every time they do that with like a weapon, all it tells you is that, hey, this is just a glaring example of why this can't be taken seriously. 
because, you know, here you've got a way that you could literally kill the person you're in the ring with. Instead, you're just going to kick him in the face. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, does he forget this is wrestling and not the Highlander? Exactly. Exactly. Like, it's too cartoonish. It's too much of the... I don't even know how to describe it outside of that. It just doesn't make any damn sense. Speaking of things that don't make sense. Speaking of things that just drive us absolutely batshit crazy. I thought I'd bring up to you guys a comment that was made on Twitter by Hurricane Helms. I don't know if you guys saw this over the weekend. But Helms says that fans of wrestling would be so much happier if they worried less about what happens behind the scenes and more about what they're seeing on television in regards to WWE. Well, does he work for WWE? He does. Does he? I thought he got let go. No, he's there. He's a producer still. Comment means nothing. Well, well, go ahead. I mean, let me let me take a stab at this, right? Please do, because this is this is what Helms needs to realize, right? I think it's safe to say for all three of us that when we was growing up watching it in the eighties, mm-hmm. and for one of us in the seventies, right? Because that's just how old I am. You had no clue about what happened backstage, right? So when Dusty's arm got put in the car door, mm-hmm. and you know they did what they did, it was the car door incident that broke his arm. You know, right? Now maybe it happened with something else. You know, maybe he fell in the arena and broke it. You know, who knows, right? They didn't tell us that. The horseman did it, right? Uh, who got run off the road? Who was it? Was it Magnum? No. There was an incident. I think it's the Freebirds, maybe. I don't know. There's another incident where a group of wrestlers run another group of wrestlers off the road. No, that was the Steiners by the NWO. Okay. So there's an accident, right? Even then, I could suspend disbelief, right? Oh, wow. This is pretty cool. When Ricky Morton's head is drove through the cement. Oh, wow. The horsemen really hate him. Right? And then along came a certain incident where Vince McMahon says, huh, guess what, pals? It's all a work. And then you explain to us what a work was. And then you explain to us about the backstage stuff. And that came from your boss. And now everybody's tied up in the backstage stuff because your boss opened the door. And let us all in the view. Because wrestling, I mean, you didn't hear about this stuff, you know, in the 80s. You went with what the magazine said, and the magazines were in the pockets of the promotion and told whatever story they were told to tell. Well, and it's not just, it's not just the, you know, Vince McMahon's of the world that did it. Harley Race did it. Harley Race did the uh, Secrets Exposed back in the 90s. You got a lot of these guys that have come out and exposed the industry and, and opened the door. 
But my my concern is more along the lines of this. How can you be a part of an industry and tell your client, your customer, how to consume your content? You can't. Brad Pitt doesn't come out on, on the news or on Jimmy Fallon and say, Hey guys, my new movie's come out. Please do me a favor. Don't look at any other reviews. Just go enjoy it. That's true. She does. She's she's less sensitive. But it just floors me. I mean, how do you? How are you going to do that? How are you going to tell an an audience member, someone who's paid to see your product, how to consume the product they paid for? Because he's paid by the he's paid by the people that that opened the door for us to begin with. And it's called saving his ass. You know, like it's like. People are dogging. You see it all the time when a when a when a, a team is losing, right? How often does somebody on that team say, "Don't believe what you see. We're going to turn it around." It's all you know. It's not what you say. It's not what they say. It is, right? We're all here. Enjoy it. You know, go go to the game and experience it for yourself. Because they want you to go to the game. They want the butts in the seats. But you go and you realize, yes, it does suck, you know, um, and it's just I don't take any kind of criticism or cr- I don't put any credit behind anybody who is part of the company who mm-hmm. comes out and says, hey, don't believe what you hear. Yeah. Trust you the know? process, they say. That's like a, that's like the CEO of a company coming out. Everybody's getting sick on their product and they come out going, it's an isolated incident. Don't believe it. We're working to, you know, we we can't believe this is going on. Bullshit. <laughs> you know, like, and like you said about the t-shirt. I just saw a commercial, right, on the SmackDown I was fast-forwarding through. Mm-hmm. And they did a commercial with the items, 30% off or whatever. Out of all the items, two Roman Reigns t-shirts were featured. Who are we pushing? You know? So, James can just, he, he was a mild-mannered reporter, and he needs just to hurricane himself back into it. <laughs> so, let me ask you to this, right? Go ahead. Let me ask you to this, right? If that, if that steroid scandal had never come out, right, and sports entertainment had never been coined, and Vince had never told us anything, mm-hmm. right? Do you not think it's possible that at 40-something-year-old, three of us could be sitting around calling Uncle Dave a liar if he come out and expose razor blades? Uh, right it, now, we, yeah. would, we would be like, this guy's a liar. They do mm-hmm. not cut themselves. Yeah, there's no possible way. There's Yeah, there's no possible way they're using razor blades. Right? Because our adult logic would have kicked in and be like, who is dumb enough to do that? <laughs> right? Yeah, this has to be real. But no, Vince did it. And and that's what that's what everybody knows. That's what Hurricane has to realize. Oh crap, I worked for the guy that opened the mouth. Right. Well, and I wish like I would be one of the first ones to say and probably one of the only ones to ever say, I wish we could go back to the time where we didn't know all the bullshit going behind the scenes. You know, 
I enjoy watching. It's like when you watch a TV show or you watch a movie and you don't know any of the bullshit that goes on. Right. You're watching it for what it is. You know, it's like just think how many movies we've gone to see and you avoid the spoilers just because you want to enjoy the movie. Imagine if we could go back to watching wrestling and and avoid the spoilers and avoid all the other stuff that goes on with it and just enjoy the show you watch. You know, like Brian said, you know, it, it, it would be a whole different world. But no. <laughs> but, but did, I mean, what's interesting, though, right, is the other main company in America, mm-hmm. and I dare say the third main company in America, which would be TNA. Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about their backstage issues. Why? Because nobody broadcasts them. I, I mean, what's the worst we've heard? Cage's wife is upset the way he's getting utilized. Okay, I'll give you that. And I, the supposed issues between EVPs. Right. Yeah. Which, by the way, still still no confirmation of that. Only rumor. Right. It, it, the explanation came from Cody. He said, well, we've all been busy. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, I'm I'm not on I'm not on being the elite no more. Why? Oh, it's pretty obvious. We're we're doing the one show with the talent show. Mm-hmm. We're doing Rose to the top. We're doing probably more backstage stuff for AEW. Well, maybe there's not room to be on B or you know not time to be on BET. Plus, he's wrestling under a mask, I believe. No, 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 that is a vicious lie. <laughs> Fuego Dos is not Cody Rhodes. I, I you should take that back. <laughs> but you, uh, he has but the same that, tattoo, though. No, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. That is a Puerto Rican flag. <laughs> so I haven't really, I haven't really seen him. Does he have the same tattoo? That's funny. They they try to blot it out. <laughs> they try to put the black bar over it, but they always flop over no it. No way. Yes, it's no funny. Way, That's yeah, funny. Sammy's vlog. If you get a chance, Sammy Guevara's blog is quite funny. Yeah, but I, I mean, again, that's the type of stuff AEW does, right? And it's mm-hmm. funny, right? It, you know, it, it, it almost reminds me, that almost reminds me of Yellow Dog, right? <laughs> we knew it was Barry Windham, right? There's no way mistaking it. Whether the golden locks were coming out the back of the mask or <laughs> the way he talked or, right. oh, Barry got suspended and Yellow Dog would show up an hour later. You know, oh. but it, it, that was just that was fun stuff. This is fun stuff. I can't believe they're blocking out tattoos of that's crazy. Who was a better yellow dog, Brian Pillman or Barry Windham? Oh, Barry Windham for sure. Because again, Barry would do something to you know get suspended or you know whatever. <coughs> Excuse me. He was high half the time. Damn it. And then here comes Yellow Dog. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like the, the Hogan's, uh, uh, what was the U.S. Mr. America, US yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is, right? You knew it was Hogan. There's no denying it, but everybody played machine. it all. Yeah, yeah, or the machine, yeah. But that, that, that's the type of, I want, I, want, I want fun, I want to be able to suspend my beliefs for two hours, three hours, whatever it is, watch wrestling. Right. And that's not what the WWE gives me. 
I can't suspend it because you keep you fed me, tried to feed me crap for the last five years. I would. You get to report yourself. I would wager a guess and say maybe longer since 2014. The Daniel Bryan moment is the last time I remember truly being a hundred percent bought in. The ring incident. No, no, I'm I'm talking about his victory at WrestleMania 30. Like, I remember that, like, because, you know, you have those moments in wrestling where you feel it, whether it's an emotional, like when we watched the Brody Lee tributes. Um, but I remember that was like the last time WWE really gave me goosebumps. And I was like, damn, that's amazing. Like, it was just one of those moments that took your breath away kind of thing. And let's see, that's 14. So that's seven years ago. Almost 10 years. You got one, Rob? Either he doesn't, or he's really quiet. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm watching now. I'm watching Rampage, and I'm watching the Eddie Kingston. Oh, that's a good interview. segment. I yeah. can't wait to talk about that because that was, yeah. Real, real quick though, I think the last time that the WWE hooked me, mm-hmm. right, in a good way. The, <laughs> well, yeah, they gave me that that. Oh wow, I can't believe that happened. Mm-hmm. Right? Is Brock Lesnar beating Undertaker? No yeah. matter how bad I wanted it to happen, mm-hmm. it was the very last thing I thought would happen. I think the last time mine was was when Edge showed up for Royal Rumble. That was a pretty That's good when, one. Like, yeah, that was a pretty that, good one. That moment of like, didn't see that coming. You know? Um, but I agree. Like, I didn't see The Undertaker losing. But, you know... They had talked about, you know, Edge was never going to wrestle with it, and then it's just come like, you're always waiting for that one. I expected, you know, oh, look, it's someone. Mm-hmm. And see, right now, that can they even have Royal Rumble? They have <laughs> the surprise yeah. entrance would be everybody, because they'd have to hire everybody back on one day. <laughs> everybody gets Legends deals. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, did you not read how they're supposed to handle contracts now? Mm-mm. So there was a report, I think, from the WWE's like mouth or something, that just because you're signed to NXT, that doesn't mean you're going to the main roster, right? Now we've all heard the BS about we're not signing names anymore. We're gonna, you know, I guess try and grow our own, mm-hmm. right? Well, for whatever reason, NXT and the main roster are different contracts. Right, we know this already from people that have been released. Somebody on NXT contract only has a thirty-day non-compete. <clears throat> Somebody on the main roster contract has a ninety-day. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, now if you go from the main roster or the NXT to the main roster, you're signed to a six-month contract. You have six months to get it together. And show them you, you you're able to, you know, be at that level, or you're going to be fired. That's insane. Six months is yeah. not enough time. Yeah. Well, not only that, but look at what you're going. You're going from a carrying cross is a prime example, right? You're in NXT. You're on top of the world. You go to main roster. Oh, hey, 
demolition cross. Put this helmet <laughs> on. And I think the whole reason they did, I, think, I truly believe the reason they made him lose when he came to the main roster was Vince's way just to say, just because you're the top there doesn't mean you're shit here. Mm-hmm. You know? And it was another thing of, like, showing that, you know what? This is what the future of NXT brand's going to be. You know? Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I don't understand no how... Yeah, I don't understand how you can be so over in NXT and then go to the main roster and you're booked. I, I don't even know how to describe the booking. Well, I mean, you look at the last few people besides your Samoa Joes and your Kevin Owenses, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, even Kevin Owens to a point, you know, like Samoa Joe, your Shinsuke, well, no, even Shinsuke, like most, some of them have come through there, except a few have only gone to a certain way. Once that first road went through, once the Roman Reigns, the <laughs> Seth Rollins, the John Oxley's, the, mm-hmm. you know, those guys got through NXT. Then all of a sudden, you know, look at Bobby Roode. You know, Bobby Roode had a, a gimmick, a great gimmick, you know, and he got to the main roster and he got as high as the U.S. title. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura hasn't, hasn't gotten higher than the IC title. Um, that one still floors me. Shinsuke Nakamura, legitimately one of the most talented, charismatic performers in the world, can't get any higher than the Intercontinental title. Right, and I, I truly believe it's Vince and his little stooges way of sticking it to Paul, Triple H because under their nose, Triple H created a legit third promotion. Like their another promotion, like it, it started as their territory right, developmental. Right. Then it was another brand, and he legit under their noses created a legit another company. And they felt threatened. And so Vince does what Vince does when he feels threatened is he squashes whatever. You know? And we all know it's bullshit. But if you look at the people that have come, I mean, if it hadn't been for the women's evolution and the whole marketing thing they got to do behind that, think about the women wrestler. Would you have seen any of them? I don't know. You know, they did more. And it was, again, it started on NXT. Triple H started putting those females in spots to get them seen. And then, boom, Vince had no choice but to recognize it. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he got a chance, what did he do? He put him right back to, all right, you get this amount of time on the show. I mean, literally, let's take a guy like Dexter Lewis, mm-hmm. right? Oh, hey, pal. Uh, start Monday, you're on Raw. Sign this contract. Oh, you now have six months to make it on the main roster when we buried every other NXT star before you. Right. Oh, oh so your gimmick is you don't talk? <laughs> oh, but here, I want you to take this class school book and this blackboard and chalkboard 
You now, Professor. <laughs> Dean Loomis. Yeah. Oh, okay. He got Is sick once. married the woman? Yeah, yeah, the uh, Indy. Yeah. Indy Hartwell. <clears throat> I mean, what do you expect? Six months are you gone? That's it. The pressure's on. I mean, it took... It took... It took eight months for fans to start buying into Dexter Loomis as the guy who doesn't talk in the first place. Like, it literally, it took that long for them to really buy in. That's a, that's an eternity, by the way, for NXT, if you really think about all the storylines and how fast they were. Then you have to break down into, okay, so in, in an example like Karrion Cross, what exactly was he given that really would have worked on Raw? He lost to Jeff Hardy. They took his entrance away. They took his manager away. They took his music away. They didn't give him any mic time. What was he supposed to do? Well, yeah, but that's my point, right? So if it works in NXT, the theory is it should work on Raw. Right? In theory. Because they're pretty much the same, right? Now, you, you may not have as many young kids there, but you have the adults, you have the teeny boppers, you know, you have part of the same crowd. So if they can get behind it, then it should translate over to your main roster. And I'll lay money that if he had the same manager, the same entrance, and you gave her or him, whoever, time to talk, mm-hmm. it would have gotten over. I think so. I think it would have gotten over huge. Yes. I agree with you. Because if you look at anyone they bring over from NXT that they do very little repackaging, what happens? They get over. Mm-hmm. They get over. Because the fans already know them. It's already proven that it works. And every fan is just glad to see them on the main stage. Mm-hmm. Listen, look at Enzo and Cash. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, I would... I, I, don't even remember seeing him on NXT because at the time I wasn't a big NXT fan. So I only got like the pay-per-views every so often depending on the main event. Right. Right? I didn't know them well enough to know their music. Right? But when that music hit and and what's his name come out and he started with the lines mm-hmm. and the entire arena is going word for word pitch for pitch Tone for tone, you should have been like, holy cow, I've got something here. Mm-hmm. And you should have done something with it. Right. I understand that. that. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm saying they saw that the Raw after, uh, after WrestleMania. When they debuted on Monday Night Raw and the entire arena did their, uh, their whole shtick. Without them having to say a damn word, you would have thought like the main roster, like those powers would be like, whoa, you know? Right. And Triple H is sitting back like a fat cat going, yes, right. That's Mm -hmm. right. Look at what I created. And Bray Wyatt, that's another one. Mm -hmm. Look at him as soon as he comes out first night on the main roster. The lights are out, the cell phones are on. That was probably one of the most impressive things I've ever seen 
was just how quickly the Firefly thing took off. Yeah, it was huge. What'd you do? You pissed him away. Well, I mean, you could even go back and not even somebody as as meaningful as though you know as like landmark is Bray Wyatt to see how NXT had shaped the wrestling is because I mean think about um, the perfect 10 mm-hmm. Ty Dillinger you know yeah like even him like he never really caught on in the main roster never really got a shot you know right but that year that they had him come out at number 10 you know, people were like, like the crowd's like, holy shit. You know, but that just shows you that given the right amount of time and growth, these people can do what you, and just like Brian's been saying, <coughs> the problem is they chew them up and they change gimmicks so damn much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, think about, I'm looking at Seth Rollins right now. I mean, in the last three years, how many damn gimmicks has he been? He's done the Monday Night Messiah, the what? You know, like... Now he's about to get his butt whipped by Kevin Owens. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, it's almost like Vince McMahon is in an internal struggle with his fans. Right? If something is popular with the fans, Vince has got to crush it. But if somebody is not popular with the fans, Vince is like, well, I'm going to cram it down your throat until it works. Well, here's the here's the thing that, to me, as a fan, should be a death knell in fandom for WWE. And the reason I say it will be pretty apparent when I read this. Keith Lee released a statement today, um, just about 3 o'clock this afternoon, 3.45. And in his statement, he talks about how today was his birthday. Happy birthday, Keith Lee. But the, the, the part I want to point out is this. He says, several months ago, it was not a guarantee I would make it to this day. So there's positivity in that. I paid all my medical bills from the many offices and machines I frequented. There's positivity in, in that. I do find it amusing that people believe that anyone but me paid for my medical expenses. For those of you fans out there that... And I've done this, so I know how it feels. I know that there's fans out there right now that are saying, yeah, but WWE takes care of their people. They send them to rehab. They pay their bills. No, they don't. No, they don't. And we've got evidence right here from one of the people who was just let go, acknowledging the fact that he had to pay all of his medical expenses, most likely from a condition that he took on while working for this company. So I, I'm disgusted by it. That is a disgusting piece of material right there. And I feel bad for Keith Lee that he would even have to dignify those kinds of rumors with a comment. But this is the kind of company we're looking at now. It's kill or be killed. You're not helping me, so off you go. That's what they're doing. That is what your World Wrestling Entertainment corporate guru company is doing now they're not building stars they haven't built a star since nxt and maybe 17 they haven't changed anything they haven't shaken anything up they haven't made any attempts to reacquire their fan base because at every twist and turn to your point 
Brian, Vince McMahon is com- completely at odds with the fans because he considerably, consistently insists that he is the smartest man in the room. And, I mean, you don't go from a record high of 8.1 million viewers on a Monday night to now 1.5 on the average by being the smartest man in the room. You get down that low because you completely screwed your product. And again, I've said this before, right? For as many hits as he has, he has twice to three times as many misses. Now, I understand he has done some good things, but he's not the genius he gets painted out to be sometimes. Mm -hmm. And right now, he is solely striking out big time on managing people. I told you back when he started bringing all these people in, it was a bad idea. Look at him. How many? 200 now? Over over three years, two years? I mean, I'm still not convinced that AEW bringing in the talent they have has been smart. The only thing that's kept them out of any kind of problem is the fact that they're still, still very good at mixing everything up. Yeah, but here's the difference with AEW, right? With the WWE, all these people are under contracts. Mm-hmm. Right, I will lay money that probably one third to one. Uh, I'm trying to do my math here. So thirty three percent to forty percent of that roster are not under contracts. They're probably pay to play. Yeah, pay for appearance. Yeah, right. So you can't really count them. So that roster of a hundred people probably goes down to about 60 people under contract maybe even less right because just like the WWE AEW's not going to come out and just throw people's contracts out there you see what I'm saying but the WWE legitimately had 200 plus wrestlers or whatever it is Mm -hmm. on their roster and at least 60 of them had zero to do on television. At least 60. Sure. And I'm probably they, undershooting that, by the way. They were they were put on that roster to keep them away from AEW. Mm-hmm. Right? Again, AEW's roster, I understand, is probably about 100 people. Eh, maybe a little bit less. 80 to 100, right? Let's say 80 to 100. But again, there's 20, 30, 35 that are not under contract. Mm-hmm. They are, hey, we need you Tuesday. Can you come? Sure, here's your money. It's a pay, they're pay to play. So now looking at their roster, let's say their roster is 60 people under contract, even though they have 100 that they use. Does that make a difference? That's about the size it used to be on mm-hmm. WCW or WWE. It's a manageable size. I think as long as they're able to continue to do what they've been doing, and that's keeping the the mixture right, the different matches, how they have people on, they're not on this week, they'll be on next week, that kind of thing. As long as they continue to stagger it, that formula works for me. If they ever get to that point where they feel that, all right, well, we got to squeeze everybody into this week's show, that's where it becomes an issue. But to your point, I would say that they've done a great job of making sure they've got a mixture of pay-to-play, versus guys that are actually on tiered deals. Right. And as long as everybody is happy, they don't care if they show up on elevation. 
dark uh, dynamite. I almost forgot dynamite. Or rampage. Wow! Don't forget that. that how can you don't forget the flagship, the mothership. Yeah, the mothership. <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying. I mean, it's only a matter of time before something happens where people get upset about you know something that's happened in AEW. I just don't think it'll ever happen to the extent that we've seen lately with WWE. May uh, yeah, maybe maybe not. I mean, again, you won't know, right? So you, you go back to WWE and WCW in the nineties, mm-hmm. right? Which aren't that far removed. You didn't hear about whether somebody was unhappy or not. You switched promotions if you were unhappy and wanted to wanted to get more money, right? AEW, their their secrets are locked away. Rarely do you hear about somebody a legitimate story from backstage. Corey Graves just won the twenty four seven title. Oh, the hell with Corey Graves. That's another, <laughs> that's another little bit. Wait a minute! Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Byron Saxon. <laughs> Byron Saxon just won the twenty four seven title. Good for Byron. Now they need Michael Cole to come out and do it. It doesn't count if Michael Cole doesn't do it. <laughs> Who did Corey Graves just bury the other day? Uh, Dana Brooke. Talking oh, about yeah. she hadn't done anything and doesn't need to be talking and blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, and Carmella has, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, she was a Laker girl. Yeah. And Corey Graves is, is, is set the bar real high in his career, right? Because he'll go down as a legend. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he's 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 just another guy to me. Not Corey, Corey Graves. Graves. <laughs> in his own mind. Yeah, like he's got room to bash somebody. Stupid twit. Yeah. He's not a has been. He's a never was. Correct. And granted, I know his never was is because of concussions or whatever. Right from injuries. So like, but. You know. Well, listen. Mick Foley broke every every bone in his body. Probably he still wrestled. Mm-hmm. And all of here, Kurt Angle talked. He broke with a broken freaking neck. And uh. whoever Reggie is, better enjoy this for a little while because it ain't gonna be much longer. He flips in and out of this ring that his ankles aren't gonna go. Game over, dude. Yeah, I have no idea how he does what he does. He is tremendous with that. And finally, Byron Saxton is a champ. <laughs> now that he can retire. So <laughs> He just said he's 1-0 against Corey Graves. That's great. That's great. You got big-time Bex. Does does that 3D graphic, Rob, does that, does that freak you out a little bit? It's a little creepy. Yeah. It's a little weird. What's what in the hell? Her and Seth Rollins are doing this same exact gimmick. Yeah. Hers is just being – hers is just making sense. Hers is just funny. Seth is just not. I mean, Seth has been doing the whole I'm the greatest thing in wrestling forever, and I'm done. You know what, what? When I see Seth Rollins, what happens lately is I get sad because I remember how good he was in Ring of Honor, how good Tyler Black was. And then I see what he's doing now, and I'm like, damn. I know this is probably where he wants to be, and I guess he's happy, but damn. Well, I, they shop in the same closet, so you know they're married. They're together. It's <laughs> like half the crap he wears is like, didn't she wear that a couple years ago? <laughs> That's true. They're so just recycling. Probably be it. in this sequence top in a few weeks. So, 
I, w- I would say it's safe to say that we have given and given to WWE. We have graced them with our opinions. However, comma, you two should be ashamed of yourself. Why? Because you're talking about your displeasure, but yet you're still watching. It's time, boys, to turn Say it with me. Turn the channel. We're going to have a segment from now on where Dr. Brian Taylor tries to convince the world. Turn the channel! <laughs> Turn it! Turn the channel! Ladies and gentlemen, that was Deep Thoughts by Dr. Desire. <laughs> Dr. No, no, Desire's you two keep, keep, keep the machine alive, you two. It's on life support, but we're going to help it kick it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, would like to pause for a moment for words of encouragement from Dr. Desire. <laughs> you're good enough. You're smart enough. No. And goddamn it, turn the channel! <laughs> What's our words of encouragement, Doctor? Turn the motherfucking channel! <laughs> those, were the, those were the encouraging words from Dr. Desire. <laughs> I need to, I'm going to have to isolate that and turn it into a sound bite and just play it every time something happens. Turn it on the channel! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know what? Coming up this weekend, guys, it's going to be AEW is about to just throw another classic to us. We have been gifted this weekend with another pay-per-view that could... <sighs> Man, I got high hopes. I got high hopes. Maybe they're too high. I don't know. Oh, high hopes. But I feel like we've got some real true possibilities. And we've also got some, some possible stinkers. And we'll talk about it here. Full Gear coming up November 13th, this Saturday. Leading into Full Gear, one of the matches that just got added to the card. Eddie Kingston and CM Punk on Friday Night Rampage. Perhaps one of the best promos, back-and-forth promos, that's ever been done on a Rampage, much less an AEW. CM Punk and Eddie Kingston go back and forth. Punk talks about how he's disappointed in Kingston, how he can't believe that Kingston has turned into who he is. Kingston says that he's not ashamed of who he is, that he's doing everything he can. And then he challenges Punk to a fight. And Punk's like, well, I think you're more along the lines of dark and elevation. I'm not so sure you're ready for pay-per-view. Which was just a direct kick in the dick <laughs> from CM Punk. I mean, I don't think I've ever heard anybody take it to Kingston like that. Ever. And then for Kingston to come back towards the end of it before they get into the brawl. Where he says, hey Punk, do me a favor. If you lose this time... Don't quit for another seven years. I was I, I was impressed. And somebody put on Twitter that they thought that this was very similar to the time where Punk and Cena faced off. And Punk accused Cena of being the New York Yankees against everybody else. What did you think? Rob, we got your take early on, so let's get Brian's thoughts. Brian, what did you think of this back and forth between Eddie and CM Punk? 
Wait, what did Rob say? I don't remember what Rob said. All right, well let's let's flip the script. Rob, what did you think of this segment? Because I can't That's remember. That's bullshit. <laughs> did Ron I? No, no, I, I don't remember. No, no, if he, if, really if he. Commented on it. I thought he had, but if I got it wrong, hey, that's on me. I was just commenting on how raw and explosive it was and how, you know, the way they were saying, hey, I was, I thought a lot of you and I was wrong, mm. you know, and then he's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, well, you know what, why don't we fight at full gear? Well, full gear, that's kind of high for you. <laughs> I was kind of thinking darker elevation. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I mean, it was probably one of the best promos I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. See, I damn, I, I, I definitely did not hear that a few minutes ago. Well, so I don't know what kind of BS you're pulling on this, Dan. But Lord, that was very eloquent. Lord, I apologize. Been starting pigments down again. I mean, I don't need to say anything else. Rob said it all. Well, have a great night, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> Thank everybody for listening. That's two early con- conclusions we've had. <laughs> I think Stan gives up too quick. You know, yeah, yeah, always it's always like, that's it, folks. We're out of here. Now, listen, the only time Stan doesn't give up is when he's trying to put on an extra large T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> 2X frame. He you got to work, man. T-shirt you got to work it. You gotta want it. He don't give up because fists come flying back when that thing flies up like someone's knees and blind. You gotta want it, Brian. You gotta have a determination. <laughs> this shirt will fit. Large. He wears enlarges and extra larges like poor man's Under Armour. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> there goes my soda. Don't don't pat down on the back. You might bust a stitch. <laughs> Ouch. Wow. Uh, to me, though, the, the promo was, uh, it was a typically, it was like, you want to see these guys cut a promo, which they do best, right? Right, they, right. They're pretty good at promos. Pretty so good. Yeah, put, yeah, they're together. pretty good. So you put them together, let's, let's, let's cut a promo. Let's, let's show the, show everybody how, how to do it. Mm-hmm. So I thoroughly enjoyed that segment. I, I think I might even be like, oh, damn. Oh, if that was, he said that to me, I wouldn't smack his mama. You, you know <laughs> I mean, you get these 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 segments where there's a pull apart and there's all of this, and you're like, man, this is too much. I don't buy it. Nah, this time, this was one of those like, damn, I ain't gonna get them apart. Just let them fight. Hey, listen, Sanjay Dutt was priceless. <clears throat> Absolutely priceless. Like so, when he when they're pulled apart, but he's in the middle jumping around. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he's just jumping around for no reason, <laughs> and he's not getting involved, right? He's not touching either one of them. He's just standing there, like trying to hold him back. And then they they haven't even like gone back to each other yet. He's running across the ring, like calling for more help. <laughs> I I got distracted by him. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, what is Sanjay doing here? But I'm going to see a fight now. I hope it's a fight. Is, is there special stipulations? So far, no. So far, no. I'm just pulling up the card 
I have it pulled up from uh, Fight TV, but they don't have it listed. So give me one second while I double check. <clears throat> yeah, so far there's no specific stipulation that I'm seeing. It's just a one-on-one contest. No offense, but I hope Punk loses. Ooh. I am curious as to what would happen if Punk loses. Does this push him closer to a heel turn? You know what I mean? Punk? Yes. I don't think Punk needs a heel turn. Yeah, I don't, I don't think seen... Punk goes heel. Yeah. And I think if he goes heel, he loses some of the allure that is Punk. Hmm. He's just going to do what he's doing. and He's going to fight Eddie Kingston and he's going to go fight somebody else. Yeah, no, Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson, I think, goes here, but not Punk. Danielson and Miro in the finals of the Eliminator Tournament. First off, kudos to, to AEW with how they handled Mox going into rehab. I thought that was really awesome. Um, seeing Miro take apart Orange Cassidy, I felt bad for Orange Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> Every time he does that that camel clutch into the stretch, dude. <laughs> there's no way. That that's gotta hurt beyond measure. I mean we can try it Saturday and see what Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. No thank you. I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. What's Stan is Stan what gives us after? Stan yeah, Stan said he's gonna let you put you're going to put him in that camel clutch move mirror, does Wait. Brian's not. Rob's going to do it. Hey, welcome, Rob. Yeah, Rob's going to do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's awfully quick. Yeah. We're going to let you get stretched by the big guy. Speaking of shirts that don't fit. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, sir? You might want to have your lady friend bring you pain pills <laughs> <laughs> and a back brace. Bold of you to assume that you can squat your little your little knees down that low just for you to be able to pull that move off. Oh, now he's calling you. Now he's he's. Well, I don't have to squat too low because your belly would lift you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's not quite big enough to where I can set a beer on it, but we'll be soon. <laughs> but you're not the felt little one as you once were. Yeah, Chris Farley from Tommy Boy. There will be no <laughs> power bombing stand in the future. Praise Fat Jesus. Guy in little coat. Y'all ever want to know why I gained weight? It's because I didn't want to be power bombed no more. <laughs> hey, I got an idea for a move. Stan, come here. No, no. we don't do that no more. <laughs> I'd like to go in that apartment and see if your footprint's still on the roof. Oh, God. I know it left a, a, an indention on one of the walls from my elbow. Well, the fact that we convinced somebody that we had never really hung out with. <laughs> Ever. As a group to clean out his master bedroom while his wife was out of town. Yeah, yeah, it'll only take me a second. Wait a here for a minute, guys. And he pretty much did it all by himself. We didn't move very much. He did it. We didn't. But the clobbering commenced. It did. It did. 
That was back in the day where you just had to watch over your shoulder because you could get jumped. It was like horseman style that Brian was talking. It about. was you could end up always that way. Yeah, you sit on the couch watching wrestling. All of a sudden, where's Brian? Oh God! And that's it. You're done. Oh, well, that's where I learned that even though I don't smoke, when Mike was like, <laughs> like "Hey, we're gonna go out and smoke." No, you went outside too. <laughs> cool. I'll come with you guys. Didn't go outside. Was getting plotted against when they came back inside. But the funny thing is, there was never a plot. They just walk in, nod at each other, boom, done. Yeah. We're sitting here thinking they're drawing br- blueprints where they're just sitting here telling the, the funniest joke they ever heard. Oh, yeah, when we go inside, we're just going to get them. Okay. That's why it was good when Brian moved to that different house, because then the couch was against the wall, and you knew, all right, our days of flipping the couch over are done. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Then Brian got a chair in the face. <laughs> Well, there was there was the cookie sheet <laughs> that splintered everywhere. <laughs> there's there's been a lot of a piece right between that. No, that wasn't me. That was that was Brian that took the cookie sheet piece to the face. You, we split it over your head, and then when you're like, "Oh my god," because you, I think you actually got cut, and then so I freak out seeing my best friend who's hurt. I chuck a piece of it behind me, and all of a sudden I hear Brian, oh! <laughs> I look, and Brian had gotten hit between the eyes with it. Boink. Yep. Them's were the days. <laughs> I don't I don't hear any fond memories from Brian on this. I mean, it was fun, but I don't think nobody cares. Ah, they all care. That's what they came all, to see. We're all broken down. We're like those old cage fighters. <laughs> those you old, know? old beat up veterans that can't do anything yeah, anymore, but cares. hobble down the steps. Yeah. That that is what I do sometimes. It's actually not pre- not pretty. Stan, come here. Yeah, okay. Suck. You live on the third floor. Yeah, it ain't easy. My name is Stan. <laughs> I, I live, live on, on the, the third, third floor. floor. <laughs> it's sad. It's sad. We were both thinking <laughs> the same song. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's talk about it. It's almost it's almost winter time, so at least you can have like a sled, and so it doesn't look so bad. <laughs> when you just ride the plastic sled down the steps. Yay! Bum, 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 bum. We never get any snow on the steps, though. It kind of sucks. It's just your wife has to go. Sorry, guys. He's excited. <laughs> so let's let's talk about the the world title eliminator tournament finals. Danielson and Miro. Rob, who do you think is going to win on this one? Yes, I'm going to have to go with uh, Danielson. Danielson? Yeah. Are you writing this down? Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, let's put, it in, let's put it in the notepad here. Let me pull my notes. Pause, please. Uh, um, what the hell? Where'd my notepad go? There it is. <clears throat> Alright, so, we uh, we got, Brian picked uh, Eddie against Punk, right? Mm. Nope. I don't think you asked. Okay, yeah. we'll start with Eddie and Punk, and then we'll go to the finals here. Well, no, we didn't. I'm confused now. We were just talking about Miro and Danielson. You didn't You're easily confused. Answer. You didn't answer. You're easily confused, And now confused, we're going though. to Punk. Yeah, okay, don't so. Don't you realize it doesn't matter what I say. 
It barely matters for what I say. All right, uh, so we'll stick with Miro and Danielson then. Brian, you said Danielson? Mm-hmm. All right. Truth is, Dan, we let you hang around because we don't know how to turn this shit on, okay? <laughs> well, that's okay. Rob, what do you think? <laughs> Thanks, guys! What match are we talking about? Brian Danielson against Miro in the tournament finals. Miro. Ooh, Ooh Rob, Rob says Rob Miro. It's always nice when somebody goes against mm. you know, the grain. I don't know what I think about this one. I'll, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to say Danielson for now. But you can't change it. I totally can. Oh my God. <laughs> I would we do it whatever I want. know that you said Danielson, so if you show up on Saturday, <laughs> no, look, I wrote Miro. Yeah. We know you <clears throat> Look, he's going to change it as soon as the ref counts three. See, well, I told you he was going to win. <laughs> that that was always my favorite when Bobby Heenan would do that. See, I told you he was going to win. <laughs> okay, so it's two for Danielson, one for Miro. Let's back up a moment. Eddie versus Punk. Rob, who do you got? Punk. Rob says Punk. Brian? Hmm, I really want to go against the green, but I think Punk. Brian says Punk. And I say Punk. Were you going to say anything else? You know, the <laughs> thought process <laughs> that... Well, when, when Brian brought it up earlier about how it would look if Eddie beats him... And how Punk reacts. And that is intriguing. And that really wouldn't surprise me if they did that. They've been seemingly building it up where Punk just happens to get past different people. Like his match with Bobby Fish. Fish kicks out at like 3.2. So I, I feel like that's a possibility. But I, I think it's it's a smart pick to say that Punk wins. <clears throat> uh, Jurassic Express and Christian Cage just laid out the super click last week. Uh, we got a concerto and Adam Cole. We got uh, one of the Bucks getting thrown off of the uh, stage with apparently a bruised heel now. And um, the other young Buck just got the crap beat out of him as well. This feud has been off the charts since Adam Cole debuted. I'm going to say that I think that the super click wins. Um, Rob, who do you got? Super click. Super click. <laughs> super click. Rob and I both say wins. I'm, I'm surprised Stan's allowed to pick against Jurassic Park. Whatever. It, it hurts my soul to pick against Luchasaurus. He is my favorite Luchador. And you're going to be sleeping on the couch. <laughs> Brian, who do you got? Do you got to ask? <clears throat> the elite, the, the elite. Or super click in this case. Super click and party. No. In his living room, Brian was sitting there with his little hands going up going, think elite. elite. <laughs> I mean, it is a catchy tune. He was doing tune. the dance. You know he was. <laughs> This most recent, this most recent edition of being the elite 
probably the most charismatic the Bucks have been on that show since before AEW started. Mark. Huh? Huh? Mark. You can't call me a Mark. You're a Mark. Well, you're a Mark with a capital M. Uh, they're so funny when they do that. <laughs> How about when they talk about the shock Mark, jocks? Mark. <laughs> they talk about the shock jocks in the uh, in the news media that always want to get their retweets from them. One of these days, we'll figure out who they're actually talking about because it's not Meltzer. I'm pretty confident it's Cornette, but either way. Well, I thought it was funny when. Uh... They were at the little park or whatever. And, oh, uh, yeah, the picture. <laughs> yeah, Nick, Nick was like, yeah, I'll take a picture. And, they, and Matt's like, yeah, Nick thought he was supposed to be in the picture, but they got him doing the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. So, anyway, I can't go against my boys. Can't do it. So, it's un- unanimous. We all say the Super Click wins. Next up. Yes. Darby Allen and MJF, I really have enjoyed the build-up for this matchup. But I am torn as to who to pick. Part of me really wants to see MJF come out with the win here. But I don't think he loses anything if he loses to Darby Allen. So that's why it's such a hard, a hard toss-up. <clears throat> I'll go ahead and go first on this one. I'm going to say MJF. Brian, what do you think? Oh, me? So, I think Tony Khan's going to pull out one of these rare things that AEW likes to do. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be some screwed up finish. And it may end in a no contest. So, you're you're officially saying a no contest? Yes. Well, maybe not just a, maybe a no contest. Maybe there's going to be a wacky end. Disqualification, <laughs> no contest. So a non-finish. Yeah. Non-finish, non-finish. no no winner then, basically. Okay. That's an interesting thought. If it's a straight-up wrestling match, it very well could be, because they could get to a point where both get pissed off and just fight outside the ring and get a double count-out. Well, you got, I mean, you got Wardlow, you got Sean Spears, Mm -hmm. you got Sting. Sting. Yes, There's, there's a lot of extra pieces that could come into play. So, Rob, I said MJF. Brian says, nah, there's not going to be a finish. They're just going to fuck it all up. What do you think? Uh, I kind of want to go with Brian. Mm, okay. I just don't feel like the way that they demolished Darby Allen last week, there's no way it's going to finish. Um, you know? Because I don't think they're going to let MJF take a clean loss right now. Because they're building him up. And Darby Allen has already lost so much. So they can't... I don't think his character could stand to lose another one. You know? Mm-hmm. So I go with Brian where there's a non-finish. Ooh. Rob and Brian both say non-finish. And this is truly a rare thing for AEW. They really don't do non-finishes. I think there maybe has been five or something. I, oh. I know, I'm pretty sure it's under ten. Well, we've got two time limit draws, one with Cody and Darby, and another with um, Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. Those are the two that I can think of as far as a non-finish. Uh, there's been a few more. 
It doesn't. It doesn't happen often. So I think I think the last time this was talked about, they'd already had like five or six, kind of a year and a half or something. All right, so we go from Darby and MJF to uh, the Lucha Brothers against FTR for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Rob, who do you got? FTR. Ooh. I like the Lucha Brothers, but I'm going to go FTR. Los Lucha Ranas. Looking to come away with the AEW World Tag Titles, as Rob says. Brian, what do you think? The Lucha Brothers. As much as I like FDR's Lucha Brothers. Hmm. I am going to go with Rob and say FTR. I feel like they're positioning FTR to become the first two-time tag champs for AEW. Two-time. Two-time. Now we go to 10-man tag madness, and I think this matchup is going to be an absolute shit show. The inner circle against America's top team, Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky, Dan Lambert, and then men of the year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Um, It's a Minneapolis street fight, for what it's worth. Um, I don't think that's going to matter worth a damn. I think we're going to see America's top team win, and I think Dan Lambert takes the pinfall. Or gets the pinfall. I could see that. But the, the one guy uh, in his earlier match, um, was it DeSantos? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one that went through the table with uh, Swagger? Yeah, yeah. Or, mean, Hager, sorry. <laughs> yeah, he didn't do terrible. No, no, he didn't do terrible, and and he's been in the ring a couple of times before. No, I'm sorry, I'm wrong about that. That was his first match. My mistake. Bad state. Yeah, but, I I mean, Sky and Paige can carry the match. Mm -hmm. You know Lambert's not going to do much. There's going to be the big spot where he gets brought in. Mm -hmm. You know, he can't can't get back out. Um, So, I... I, I think, honestly, I think uh, the inner circle loses. Ooh, Brian says America's top team. Now, Brian, do you think Lambert gets the pinfall? Oh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see Paige and Sky getting someone like Jericho, right? Mm-hmm. Some some move to put him down, and then uh, Lambert gets the win. I just see, when I when I see Lambert, I think of Jim Cornette. I, when I hear think of him in this match, I think, all right, these, these guys are all going to be all over the place. He's going to avoid – he's going to have a bunch of near misses. And then when he finally gets in there, they're going to lay into him for about five, ten minutes, and then somehow, like you said, maybe uh, men of the year get him put in a weird situation, and then boom, he gets the pinfall mm. because they want to yeah. rub it in the inner circle's face. Yeah, I mean, the inner circle's been like – you know, when they get in these type of matches, they win when mm-hmm. they probably shouldn't win. But <laughs> I think this time it's going to shock everybody and they're going to lose. Rob, you got some tough competition here. We're figuring America's top team. What do you think? Inner circle. <laughs> Rob says inner circle. Rob says, screw you, bitches. It's inner circles win. <laughs> because 
the America's Top Team beat the Inner Circle the last time. Mm-hmm. And the way they've been building it up, it's going to be the Inner Circle. And I'd... I can't go... I can't pick Paige. I just don't like him. I'm not a big fan of him either. He does some cool toy hunts on YouTube, though. Well, I like the guy. Yeah. I know. I know. <clears throat> All right. So, match number seven on this card. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defending the AEW Women's Championship against Ty Conti. Uh Rob, I mean, Britt Baker has been on a on a mad dash to just winning every match she has. What do you think? Who does who wins this one? I mean, my gut wants to say Ty Conti, but I don't see them taking the tie out title off of Britt Baker right now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because this is the third title opportunity for Conti. And every time, I've thought Conti was going to win. Every single time. I mean, so I'm going with Britt Baker. Rob says Baker. Brian, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I just don't think it's going to be Conti that takes the title, so I'll go Baker. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Conti. One of these days, my pick for Ty Conti to win the title has to happen. It's got to happen. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Ty Conti. Well, I mean, the clock's right once a day. Maybe, maybe I'll be that one time. That one time. In <laughs> Oh, man. Omega in the main event defending against Adam Hangman Page. Uh, I mean, there's so much that can happen with this matchup. There's so many different storylines that have been built up for this. I'm, I'm fearful of what they could do because there's a lot of options here. Um, Brian, I mean, we've talked about this a long time. Who could win this matchup, what they could do, the different options. Who do you have for this? I wish I could give two scenarios or two choices, but um, I honestly think this is, you know, the, the end of the first chapter for AEW and it's Hangman Page walks away. As the new world champion. I mean, they've built this story for two years. Two Mm -hmm. years. And they've done a great job of giving twists and turns. Making us think maybe it wasn't going to happen. Maybe it wasn't going to happen now. But here we're heading into full gear. Finally, Paige gets his moment. Rob, what do you think? Oh, it's Adam Paige. No doubt. (laughs) He, he's Rob's Rob's all in. He said Adam Page, period. I mean just I mean Brian said it the best. He said they built it up. They've built it up. And we've said for months that it wasn't gonna be Brian Danielson that beat him. It wasn't gonna be such and such because the timing isn't right. Well, you heard Thursday, you know, you heard on Dynamite the reaction when Adam Page showed up. The time is right. 
And if one thing that we've learned from AEW, they know when to capitalize on the moment. And because the thing is, think about the question's always been for the last year is who's going to take the belt off of Kenny Omega. Mm -hmm. Then once they have off Kenny Omega, what next? Right? Very true. Well, now you look at the talent that they have built up in the last year. That is there to take up the mantle and move on, you know? And I think right now they're in the best spot they've been in since the beginning because you don't have to look at, you know, you don't have to look at Cody Rhodes or John Moxley or, you know, or even necessarily Adam Cole right now. You've got Brian Danielson. You've got CM Punk. You've got Miro. You've got, um, yes, you've got, Adam Cole, you know, you've, you've got Christian Cage. There are so many people that now they could tell the story, like Brian said. Chapter one's done, or chapter two, I guess, because I guess Jericho is chapter one. Chapter, it's, it's time to turn the page, and let's see what the rest of the book says. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, you go. They've done such a tremendous job of building this the right way. It's been a very, very slow burn, but also one that's been consistent. Um, <clears throat> I'll, I'll turn this back over to Brian, but I'll say I, I think Adam Page wins, although I am afraid of an alternative situation. Oh, it's, yeah, I don't. I, the, I think the alternative here, right, of course, is Omega winning, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But unless somebody like, uh, you know, Okada shows up, right? There's really no need for Omega to have that title, right? So let's let's put it on a true baby face. Let's see if the kid can draw money, right? Let's see if, you know, all the acolytes, all the cheering and everything is legit. To me, he gives you the best option for what, like what Rob said, other people that are now in the company, right? Mm-hmm. Plus, I honestly think it's time that the elite split. And just like any good faction that's splitting, you now have a splinter group in the super click. So you said short of you said short of Okada. I heard that right, didn't I? Yes. Short of Okada being the guy to come in, you can't see Omega losing. Well, let me no, throw no, no, a, a little. No, 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 no. Here, here. This is what I'm talking about, right? So he's he's beating your top talent in the company, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. So unless you bring somebody from another company, I mean, beat Impact. I mean, so he's beating three companies worth of talent. Right. 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 Unless you bring in somebody like Okada or Naito or you know somebody like that, there's really no need to have have, have keep the title on him. Well, let me throw a little monkey wrench in the works. This past weekend on Twitter, Okada laid down the challenge at New Japan Strong, which is based out of Los Angeles, for one Buddy Matthews, that he's looking forward to a one-on-one -on -one contest in New Japan Strong. 
So Okada is heading stateside. And we all know that when it comes down to having people from overseas, not just Japan, but also from England, make that trip, it's got it, there's a considerable amount of work that has to go into that. This is the scenario that I'm actually kind of afraid of. Now, granted, Omega and Okada, there's no question of how awesome that will be. No question. The concern I have is that, to your point, if Okada is truly on his way stateside, and that seems to be the the story, they could keep the belt on Omega to build for Okada. Sure. However, comma, it doesn't necessarily have to be on him to have Omega Okada four. Yeah, I think it's four. four. I think it's four. Okay. Right. It'll be it'll be a spectacle on its own, right? Mm-hmm. Because. See, here's here's the one thing we all know, right? As, as an AEW fan, mm-hmm. right? The odds of Tony Khan letting his world title go back to Japan are probably slim to none. So even if Okada shows up and interferes, you know, cost and pays the match, you know Okada's not getting that title. Unless he's signed by AEW. But again, that they really don't seem to throw these monkey wrenches into the mix, mm-hmm. right? Without a payoff, right? Without, like, they don't just do it to do it, if that makes sense. There's a rhyme and reason. But right. I don't think, I don't. Page, I mean not Page, but Omega versus Okada doesn't need a title in it to be a spectacle. So I, even I, I mean again, short of him, and again you're gonna unless he's under contract, mm-hmm. he wouldn't lose to Okada anyway. Because I, I, I mean, if Khan let his world title go across the seas. I, I mean, I would have to stop watching wrestling because I would have literally seen everything. <laughs> I mean, there's, there is reason to believe that Okada could want to come back to the States since his last run stateside. Um, well, it was an impact, and they didn't do such a great job of preparing him for success. He's since, of course, proven himself in a in many ways over, many times over. Um, and now, I still say that there's that possibility, but I, I can agree with you that there doesn't have to be a title involved. More to that point, there's been a lot of conversation about what happens next with Kenny Omega if he loses. Like, how does he react to that? And people have even said that there's a possibility it could be kind of a, a how does he recover? Does he go quietly crazy? getting closer and closer to what the cre- the cleaner was back in the day. Yeah, I, I mean, so again, there's there's been the rumor about Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Well, guess who's not on Mount Rushmore according to the Bucks? Kenny Omega. It's the Bucks. It's Adam Cole. It's Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. You're too two months away, whatever it is, from Kevin Owens' contract being up. Mm-hmm. And it's a very good safe bet 
he's not going to resign. So if you put Mount Rushmore in the mix, Kenny Omega, just like he is now, is odd man out. What better way to solidify the killer elite as a top faction than to dump Kenny right on his head? Mm. Rob, is there a, do you think there's an upheaval like this that could take place maybe even at Full Gear? No. Short, sweet, to the point. That's how I like. Good job. Well, I mean, I agree with what Brian says. Like the whole time, like there doesn't need to be a belt there, you know, of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like Kenny Omega losing the AEW title is not going to be a, oh my God, what's next for Kenny Omega? It's going to be because you, you know, we thought we thought the same thing when Jericho had the belt. You know, what's going to happen Jericho when he loses the belt because he has nothing left to prove. Mm-hmm. You know, so when Jericho lost the belt, what happened? They reinvented things and they did it. Um, and not not to mention, Kenny Omega has been an amazing champ with the ego and the whole "I'm the man, I'm the belt collector," blah blah blah. But he's also just as funny and just as just as in it as the chaser. That's true. You know because. He could chase Paige. He could play the mind games on Paige, turning the elite on him or whatever, you know, or he could just take a step back and just quietly be standing there. And everybody's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he goes, I'll get my shot, but I'll get my shot when I want my shot, you know, and pick that moment where Adam Page is just kind of like, you know, dumbfounded and boom. All right. Now it's my rematch. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think, but like you all said, like, you know, if the one shows up that Brian's talking about, it doesn't make sense to make it for the AEW world title. Cause what's, what's, what's that mean to him? That's a good point. You know? I actually didn't think of it that way. Like he's a, he's a, he's in new Japan going, bring it buddy. Mm-hmm. Bring it, sucker! But you know, so that's my thought. Not that it means anything in the world, but that's my thought. What about you, Stan? <laughs> Tell us what you. Hey, your thought matters. Okay, your opinion matters, sir. Don't ever let anybody tell you different. Just saying. So, who or what kind of surprises could come from Full Gear? Like last last week or last not last week, but last pay per view all out, we had Brian Danielson, we had Adam Cole, so AEW's in black or Andrade aren't on the card right now. It's not confirmed to be on the card. Hmm. Doesn't mean it won't get confirmed on Wednesday because I have a hard time thinking that Cody won't be on there. But I'm just going off the card that I've scene that's confirmed so far. Interesting. I can't believe we won't see Arn the Glock. <laughs> Glock! 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 How cool was that? <laughs> Never thought I'd see a uh, a time where <laughs> Glock was the most chanted thing 
on on Glock dynamite. Sixteen said that. Okay. <laughs> Glock nine millimeter. Uh, let's see. I, I think to me the biggest surprise would be Wyndham Rotunda. Wyndham Rotunda, formerly known as Bray Wyatt or yeah, Braun Strowman or his brother. One of the three showing up. Mm. Because, I mean, think about it. So, why not run an invasion angle? Mm-hmm. Spearheaded by Easy E. Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait, 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 wait. Explain this to me, Easy E. You're saying Eric Bischoff being involved? Yeah. Why? Right. So it looks like on paper that they're at each other's throats. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I mean, you have you have video proof that they're not that much apart. Him and Cody and Tony, right? We, we've seen them show up. We've seen them on Road to the Top. They look like they're doing okay. Mm-hmm. So why not run an invasion angle? Brothers got a hug. Wow, I wouldn't have thought that. That that's um, that's definitely different. Yeah, I mean they all want to stick it to the man. Probably not. Nobody bigger than easy, you know, for Eric. Mm-hmm. Let's 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 run a NWO style faction. Hmm. Who would you put in this faction? All right. Let's see. Wyndham Rotunda, the other Wyndham Rotunda, and uh, I don't remember Ron's real name, but Adam Share. <laughs> All right, so Adam, and then somebody like Brian or Punk, or you could put Eric Rowan in it. No, 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 no. Or no, Redbeard. No, no. Yeah, but I, I'm talking like a WWE style. Like we need somebody to play the part of Hogan type thing. Ah, uh, okay. I got you. I got you. I was going a different direction. Following. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you were recreating the. The yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I'm with you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I'm tracking now. Because <laughs> again, nobody knows. Nobody knows like what he would use, right? He's Wyndham Rotunda, right? Mm-hmm. To me, that screams his his father, right? It doesn't right. scream the fiend. It screams his father. So why not go back to Bray Wyatt? You know that style. Mm-hmm. The the you know you don't even have to use that Louisiana accent. Hmm. But, you know, no no mask, no painted faces, none of that stuff. Hmm. I'm interested and, in this. This is a good idea. And then, you again, you throw Punk, you throw Brian, somebody like that, a big-time name that nobody's going to see coming, much like Hogan. Book it. Book it, by God. Oh. Have them run down and interrupt the main event. Oh yeah, I mean you can do. All oh my this. god, that'd be so freaky! You know what? If that happens, I'm 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 officially having your house checked for bugs. <laughs> and again, you you give Eric another shot at the limelight because mm-hmm. we all know that when Eric was, you know, with the NWO, we actually really hated this guy, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, he pissed you off to know him. 
And then you do what they should have done and leave it at three or four people. Mm. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by this idea, sir. I guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll see what they do. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see what they do. So that's All Elite Wrestling presenting Full Gear on November 13th. That's this Saturday at 8 o'clock start time. Is there a buy-in this week? Oh, I'm sure. There's always a buy-in in there. At least one or two matches. I would think. Hmm. Curiouser and curiouser, sir. Well, let's see. We've talked about the releases. We've talked about the... The the can't-get-out-of-their-own-way non-creativeness of WWE. We have talked about Full Gear. And we've talked about possible changes there. Hey, who do you guys think is going to come away with the TBS title, the, the Hose Championship? These Nuts. Oh! No! Uh, These Nuts can't win Hose Championship? <laughs> once once you see the logo on the title, you can never unsee it, Rob. It really does I look know. like the word Hose. <laughs> Brian uh, says he's winning it, and it's called the Hose Championship, so... Nah, but that would have been, been funny if the Godfather had something like that. <laughs> He's having he free cuckoo. They get him to present it to the winner. Oh my god! <laughs> They're like, haha, we know too. Suck it. <laughs> um, yeah, they they really should have had that thing redone. <laughs> I mean, at least change the logo up a little bit, or maybe re rebranded. Because I don't know, it just doesn't look right. Quarterfinals are upon us. We've got Thunder Rosa taking on Jamie Hayter. We've got Jade Cargill taking on Red Velvet. Nyla Rose taking on Hikaru Shida. And then the final match of the quarterfinals, Chris Statlander and Ruby Soho. Some pretty good matches here in this tournament so far. Okay, if you you insist. Yeah, there you go. See, I just wanted to make sure somebody agreed with me. Is this Brian? Do you think this is Ruby Soho's title to win, or do you think they're going to go with Sheeta just to keep with consistency? Oh, I think it's, I think it'll be Ruby. I, I I think Sheeta's already established that she's you know the the uh, hold on a second. I'm trying to figure out what the dog's doing. Anyway, <laughs> you know she's after Bridge title. Mm-hmm. That's true. I don't know that she's gotten an official rematch yet for the title. Um, Rob, when you look at this tournament, Ruby Soho, Sheeta, what do you think? I think Ruby Soho because I think Thunder Rosa is destined to be the one who unseats Baker. Yep. I think I think that's where we're headed as well. When you really look at it, I think that Ruby Soho with them letting her do the promo of I've never held a championship, I've never done this before. It would really mean the world. It just seems like they're they're gearing her and the title towards that eventual conclusion. Well, I think she would also have a have a stint in it like she would make the title her own. Mm-hmm. Just like Miro did. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I kind of think that even though Miro didn't need a title per se when he came in, I think it helped him when he came in. It did. You know, it helped kind of elevate him to like, look at this. He's not just Rusev Day, you know? Right. Um, and Ruby Soho, her getting this belt while they're playing their whatever they're going to do with Britt Baker. You know, this keeps Ruby Soho. She came in hot. You know, they put a lot of stuff behind her, pushing her up to Britt Baker day one. Mm-hmm. But now this will keep her up in that talk. So when the time is right, she could lose that belt to somebody, probably Statlander, and then move right up. I'm I'm curious because it hasn't been announced yet, but I felt like they were at some point telling us that this was supposed to conclude on pay-per-view. But I'm looking at the um, uh, at the Wikipedia page for it, and they're saying this is going to conclude on the debut of Dynamite on TBS. So I guess I just had that wrong. Well, that would make sense because it's the TBS belt. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah, that's, that's a valid point. Can't argue with that. I mean. <laughs> sure people call that a clue <laughs> why don't we hand out the TBS belt on the pay-per-view I don't know we should have handed it out on TBS <laughs> that's a great idea that's like where are we gonna where are we gonna change hands with a TNT title I don't know maybe TBS <laughs> guess I should have thought of that Oh, it's all right. <laughs> Not everything that comes out your mouth is genius. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for us this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to us. We are so grateful to each and every one of you for tuning in and downloading the show. Please make sure that you continue to tell your friends and your and your fellow wrestling fans and bobbleheads that this is the show to listen to, corner to corner wrestling radio c2c radio show.com for the show and where to find all the information follow rob at rob hefner c2c on twitter and brian is at vlad dragul c2c catch up with me at stan grub on twitter as well and the show at c2c radio show it's been a blast we'll catch up with you next week when we talk about full gear and all the fallout have a great night everybody Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.